Hey, what's up? My name is Nate, and you're listening to the best podcast on the planet. It's called Life Tips. Everyday life topics with advice and tips for becoming a better you. Isn't that amazing? The reality is that nobody is perfect. There's always going to be downfall with rising, and there's something to improve upon every single day. So follow along in this episode, and I'll help you take yesterday's mistakes and master them for a new tomorrow. Let's go! If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. If you're a current listener or faithful listener, welcome back and thanks for your continued support of the show. I really appreciate it. Before I get into the episode, I just want to let you all know that I am impressed at the amount of downloads this show has received. I remember telling you all that there would not be another update on numbers until we hit the next thousand. And uh, that's exactly what is getting ready to happen. We are so close to hitting the next thousand. So keep downloading the show. Keep listening in. And uh, yeah, let's go into this one. What's up, world? Welcome back to Life Tips. I'm your host, Nate. Today, we're going to talk about the golden rule. There's a difference between revelation, accountability, and judgment. It's okay to reveal stuff to people about who they are as a person. It's okay to hold someone accountable. But judging is never acceptable at any point in time. And you can only hold someone accountable if they allow it. Anyone who is not connected to you in any way, should not be revealing to you who you are or what you should do to change or be different. Why? Because taking correction from just anyone is dangerous. That's a topic for another day. For now, I'd like to discuss the golden rule with you all. And to do that, you guessed it, I'm going to tell a story. I was very young when I first realized I had friends. Probably six or seven. By the time I was ten, I started hanging with the friends that, at the time, I had. At sixteen, that's when I started the lifelong challenge of making new friends. Specifically, I was at my college prep program having to do it. And that was a big 
huge challenge. Because see, at my college prep program, the, the same one that Chris and I met at, I was the only homeschooler. I'm sorry, let me back that up. That's not true. I was not the only homeschooler. But I was the only homeschooler in my group. There were other people homeschooled with me in the entire program. But in my specific group, I was the only homeschooler. The rest were from different high schools around the area that I lived in. So you can imagine, imagine it for me. Imagine a room full of young people from different walks of life and specifically from different high schools. You've all come together for one common goal and one common purpose to learn what you need to learn in this college preparatory program. But that's where I started the lifelong challenge of making new friends, because as the only homeschooler in my particular group of the college prep program, I not only had to balance being with all these people in the general auditorium, I had to balance being with these new people in my group. And it was not easy to become the group leader. It wasn't. In 11th grade and 12th grade, it was not easy to become the group leader, but I did. And so as the group leader, it was my job to communicate with the team head what we had discussed for different projects and things like that. And so as a part of the leadership at the time, it was very difficult to balance people's personalities and people's differences at that time. But I had to do both. I had to balance the adult presence in the room with the maturity presence in the room from different young people. But due to my upbringing, I still didn't have a regular school experience, even though I went to a college prep program and even though I had different co-ops and things like that, which is basically a short word for homeschool groups that get together. Even though I had that, I still didn't have the regular high school experience that you see in movies like The Kissing Booth, The Kissing Booth 2, to all the boys, to all the boys I've loved before. Those are scenarios, those movies, I'm sorry, are examples of scenarios I didn't have in high school at all. At 16, that's when I started not just the challenge of making new friends, but those movies I just mentioned before, 
That's when I started the lifelong journey of experiencing the things that took place in those movies in my own reality. And so primarily, I had to come up with my own way of making friends and meeting people. And for seven years, I successfully navigated my own journey of making friends as I crossed over from college to the real world. And to this day, I am proud of the, the people that I've chosen to surround myself with, including the four awesome young women who are my best friends. And if you've made friends for life with LU family, members of my podcast network, and I've gained four adopted brothers in time with the fifth brother being blood. Five brothers, four of them are adopted, one is blood. And of course, I've always had my mentor by my side, and I always have family. But this is where the golden rule story starts. I can clearly, clearly, clearly remember being 18 years old at Liberty University. My very first year and semester there, I discovered someone who didn't care for me at all. If I remember correctly, her name was Taylor. I'm not going to give out her last name. Her name was Taylor. And although it's been years, I've since seen what she looks like through Instagram and Facebook, and I see where she's at in life now. And honestly, I am thrilled to see where she's at in life. And if I ran into her today, there'd be a lot of cool stuff to catch her up on. A lot. But back then, at Liberty University, when I was 18, it wasn't great. She and I had 100% beef. And it got so bad that we took our beef from real-life verbal brawls to the internet. And then everything blew up. Excuse me. In the end, we both removed each other, blocked each other on social media, and moved on. Looking back on it now, at 25, near 26, I would have told my younger self some things. I would have told him that things would get better with people, that I'd have more friends in time. I tell my younger self about my four loyal best friends that I have today, my brothers, my LU fam. I would tell him that there's a Liberty University family coming that you will meet in the next semester that will carry throughout life with you. You'll meet podcast friends. And uh, in addition to having a podcast, I would have given my younger self a sneak peek of my platform how I'd become a motivational speaker at 22 and then a national and international podcast host for Life Tips Podcast, what you're listening to right now. And I'm just 25 years of age. It's a national platform. And there are international people 
that listen to the show. So my international range is going up. But that's what I would have told my younger 18-year-old self. Dude, look at all this stuff that's coming. What you're going through now is nothing compared to what you will experience later. I would also give my younger self a life tip. And for the sake of this episode, I'll make this life tip one. If someone doesn't like you, there's a better way to seek out why and a healthier way of cutting ties versus participating in what we now refer to as cancel culture. Our whole lives are on the internet right now because we cannot operate in a physical manner to the same degree as we did before the pandemic. Even with states opened up, there has to be caution with where you go and who you entertain. Whether you're negative because you've been home or you're negative because you got tested negative. Either way, you cannot just assume that because you are negative for symptoms that you are not capable of catching coronavirus. So as a result, our lives are still online, even though there's little bits and pieces of physical interaction that we can have right now. But even online, there's a healthy way of dealing with people versus participating in cancel culture. And that answer always rings true as pick up the phone and call them. If you don't have their number, get it from a source, but make sure you move wisely. Otherwise, it can and will get messy fast. Cancel culture isn't just reserved for public figures and celebrities, though. It's reasonable that cancel culture stretches towards the lives of normal people as well. Rather than being canceled by thousands of people, you could simply be canceled by one person. And instead of it being for a legitimate reason, it's a dumb, stupid reason. During the reopening of states portion for the pandemic, I've been taken back to that same situation that my 18-year-old self experienced. The only difference from now versus seven years ago is that I'm not 18 anymore. And I have a national and international platform. National platform that's growing international. Anyway, I also create life tips based on everyday life topics and issues and provide guidance for becoming a better you, as you all hear in the introduction each and every time. One of my favorite pieces of self-improvement advice or life tips I give someone is this, and I'll make this life tip too for consistency purposes. Treat others the way you want to be treated or the way they want to be treated. That's the golden rule. Treat others the way they want to be treated. But there's something else that that phrase doesn't mention. Oftentimes, the way that they want to be treated is demonstrated in how they treat you. They meaning people, 
So the way that people want to be treated is demonstrated in how they treat you. There's something called conflict resolution. It's the methods and processes involved in facilitating the peaceful ending of conflict and retribution. About a lot of times, if we're being honest, the process of conflict resolution speaks to how mature or immature a person really is. You notice that in the definition, because you heard the word peaceful. This means that there should be peaceful endings to conflict and retribution. When there's not, then it's a chaotic ending instead. And chaotic endings always breed more conflict and less peace. Even from a gender standpoint, the way women handle conflict is different from men. Normally, women talk things out and create dialogue about situations. That is, after they've had some time to cool down. But you do have some women who will right wrongs immediately. But for the most part, that's their agenda. They talk things out. Men, we don't do that. We will fight and buck. As a man of wisdom, I've learned over time, and this is years of time, that fighting and bucking is not the solution. Now, as for personality traits, if you're the type of person that can keep their cool in every situation, great, perfect, awesome. But if you're the type of person that blows up when someone crosses a line with you, that's totally understandable. But when it comes to the overall, the overarching, excuse me, spectrum of conflict resolution, I would venture to say that women handle things better than us. Women also know how to be loyal and how to handle another person who doesn't like the guy or girl they're close to. Trust and believe, even though women are meek, and even though women are very gentle, they know how to throw hands. I'll give you a little bit of an example. When I say they know how to throw hands, they know this. Girl, where he at? Where's she at? Ripping off the weave and the wigs and the earrings. Why? Because nobody, and I mean nobody, should ever talk bad or talk down about a woman's man, their homegirl, mom, dad, brother, sister, etc. Anyone the woman loves dealery is protected at all costs. However, 
the reality is there's always someone who doesn't like you. There's always someone who will never like you. And there's always someone who will hate you. It's a part of life. But remember, you're not here to be liked. You're here to make a difference. Your real friends will love you for you. They'll love you in good times and in bad times. And they will not try to change who you are. And as long as you make a difference in the life of somebody that you know and in the life of somebody that you don't know, that's all that matters at the end of the day. As Lecrae always says, and that's my dude, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. So, what I hope you'll take from this first part is that, ironically, the exact same circumstance that happened to me at 18 resurfaced itself all these years later. And um, it's crazy because the last time that I remember having a situation like that, I didn't handle it very well. I remember fighting Taylor. We exchanged verbal blows. And yes, it extended to social media. And at the time, I'm 18. I don't really have any social media know-how I don't have any social media etiquette. There's no brand. There's no platform. There's no podcast. There's no speaking engagements. There's nothing. I'm just an 18-year-old kid doing whatever I want to do. And most importantly, treating people any old kind of way. I was wrong for that. I should never have cussed her back out. I should never have gone to social media with her to exchange blows. That never should have happened. What I should have done was let her blow up. And then I should have tried to meet with her sit down and talk things out. But I didn't. And so, if I were to see her again, at any point in time in my life, the first thing I'm going to do is sit down and apologize. Not just talk to her about all the things that have changed. I will sit down with her 
and apologize because I should never have treated her that way. But I was 18. I was young and stupid. So, most importantly, I didn't know how to not live for people's acceptance. I just wanted to be accepted at that point in time. That was the biggest mistake ever. Do not live to be accepted by people. It will backfire on you every time. And so you're probably wondering, what do you do when you're faced with a challenge? We'll find that out when we come back from commercial break. Listen to the birds. They're tweeting. Come to think of it, I tweet too. Do you? Great. Here's what I want you to do. Go on your Twitter account or open the app and search for auth underscore gen underscore person. Then search for at life tips podcast. Those are the two accounts that you can follow where I will be primarily when this show is not in session so you can interact with me on a daily basis. Hear my thoughts, ask questions, etc., etc. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, What do you do when you're faced with a challenge? You meet the challenge head on. And if necessary, bring along trusted people who will defend you. It's the same thing as being in court. You're accused of a crime. There's a defendant and a prosecutor. The defendant's job is to protect, while the prosecutor's job is to convict. But in cases that normally come up when it comes to the golden rule, all you need is a loyal friend to join you in the struggle and defend you at all costs. But as we learned during this pandemic, your true friends will be revealed during this time period. In the end, You can't just get up and leave court. You can't. Not a good look. But you can do this when it comes to the golden rule. Treat people the way they want to be treated. If there's no end to the drama, and if nobody defends you, that's when you walk away and you cut ties completely. 
As for the person that did or didn't defend you, or it may not be a person, it could be a group of people. Could be that multiple people don't say anything. In that case, then it's okay. Because honestly, when it comes to people skills, if someone doesn't speak up for you, doesn't defend you, what what ends up happening is a lot of times we think that they're problematic for not defending us. That's not true. Some people just don't like drama. And if they did insert their opinions and if they did stand up for you, they would get vilified themselves and the pressure would be on them as well. And so it's okay if you don't have anyone to defend you. But it's okay. Okay? But there will be someone. Someone. Who loves you enough to defend you. But make sure you protect your peace and protect your energy at the end of the day. Leave. Get out. Go. It's the same thing that I talked about in the recent episode with Joe. In the special episode with Joe, the topic of discussion was abuse. Pretty much as she was sharing her story. And one of the things I said in that episode was don't let anyone tear you down like that. If you're being abused physically, mentally, spiritually, verbally, get out. You do not have to take that. And it's the same thing. When it comes to the golden rule, when it comes to treating people the way that they want to be treated. Just like I told you what I should have done, I will recommend that you do the same thing. If there's someone that challenges you and there's someone that really doesn't like you and is willing to do the same thing that Taylor did to me all those years ago here's what I recommend that you do if you're in a situation like that where where someone really doesn't like you to the point where they will say anything and everything to break you. 
Listen to them. Hear them out. But don't cuss them out. Don't go crazy. But at the same time, put your foot down and say, this is what I am willing to tolerate and this is what I am not willing to tolerate. They'll listen to you at that point. Protect your peace and your energy. But also know that for every one person who hates you, there's a thousand more who adore and love you. And when you realize that, there will be no need to lower yourself and resort to fighting the enemy the same way you once did as a young lad. And I'm sure that's true for, for you listening. For the men and women listening, you... You've grown, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure at one point in time you used to act a certain way or you used to do certain things in your dealings with people that you don't do, you don't do that anymore. People change. Change comes with time. Ever wonder why they call it a birthday? A birthday is represented by the day of your birth. And each day of your birth, each birthday that comes after you've been born into the world represents a year mark that you've been alive. Did you know that with each birthday comes change? It's true. With each birthday comes change. Why? Because it's a new year that you've never experienced before. So, just like each new year, new calendar year, is a new time frame, each birthday is a new time frame. And birthdays are a little bit more special when it comes to change and when it comes to the prospect of doing better the yes, or tomorrow than you did yesterday. That's why in the introduction, you always hear me say, take yesterday's mistakes and master them for a new tomorrow. Because each new day that you're given is a new day of life. You get a clean slate on everything. And each birthday is a new year. On life and a new year to do things better and a new year to improve upon the mistakes of yesterday, including the old birthdays that have already passed and the old years of your life that you've already lived. It took years to build this platform that I have now. Actual calendar years. I'm grateful to God for having it. And I'm very excited for the people who are here for me to win. People like Kelly.
Life is about balance. We're still in a pandemic despite things opening back up. So that means that all forms of social activity have to be balanced. A little in person with much virtual. That's how things are going for me right now. It doesn't matter whether your connection with someone is virtual, through FaceTime, the phone, WhatsApp, through Google, Zoom. Those are just tools. It's the connection that matters. And so, if you can't be with someone physically, then find someone else that you can physically be with, even though you have to look at them through a screen. That's my motto. That's how things are going for me right now. That's how things have always been. I have international friends. They're listening right now. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Ade. I can't believe I said that, but I have international friends. That is amazing. And so, not only do I have international friends, I have friends in other states. So, what? what's happening is... And I'll break this up. I'll break this up in between what I used to do and what I still do now. When there's no coronavirus, I will, of course, go to work. And I'll come home and I'll spend time with family. I'll have me time and take care of my mental health and do all that stuff. When there's no coronavirus, I am usually doing goodness, five things per month, like five social events per month. When there's no coronavirus, I am physically in church every Sunday and every Wednesday for Bible study. And when I'm able to, I support church family at different events that they have, because that's the type of church family we are. We support each other. So when there's no coronavirus, my schedule is super, super busy. But because the pandemic came, that changed 100%. I'm still there Wednesday and Sunday for church and Bible study, but I'm virtually there on Facebook. So that takes care of that. And then 
virtual connection for me socially now is using Google and Zoom. Mostly Google, because I like their platform better. And when stuff opened back up in July, because it is a new month, happy August, but when stuff opened back up in July, guess what? I was not in a rush to get back out there. I developed my own system for handling that. And my system was to see people gradually, slowly. I realized I would still have virtual meetings with people, but I needed to see people physically as well. I wasn't going to just jump back out there, though. And so I decided to see people one at a time. Slowly and gradually. Group stuff would probably be once a month. But, alas, it is okay. So, that is a pretty good picture of what I used to do before the virus, what I'm doing now. And when the coronavirus is gone and everyone is vaccinated and the world is safe again, I will go back out there and do exactly what I did before with a few different twists. But right now, I got to do what I got to do. The life tip here and I'll call this a mini life tip, is that you don't owe anyone anything unless you're in close relationship with them. Best friends, dating, engaged, married, etc. Family. Outside of that, you don't owe anyone anything at all. If you decide not to go somewhere, it's because you decide not to go somewhere. Safety first, always. And there's this notion in people skills that says you're supposed to like and be friends with the friends that are connected to your person. That's why mutual friends exist. Mutual friends exist because you know one person and they know this person and that other person knows you from a different circle. But see, the thing is, you're not supposed to 100% Befriend everybody. You're just not. That's not cool. That's not smart. And that is dangerous. So, to close this episode out, here's what I 
I'm going to say to you all next, and I'm going to bring this back to myself so that you all truly know that I value what I talk about and I live what I preach. I am a speaker, motivator, inspiration, and influence. I walk in wisdom and fear God 100%. Part of walking in wisdom, though, is knowing when to admit that you're wrong. (laughs) And y'all, your boy's not perfect. Ladies, gentlemen, I am not perfect. I make mistakes. I have flaws. I'm a messed up man. And it's difficult for me to say that, as difficult as it is for me to say that, excuse me, on this podcast, it's the truth. And um, I'm here to guide you to the right path, but I'm also not here to guide you down the wrong one. It's always good to take a deep dive into yourself and ask introspective questions. Why you do things that you do? Why you say the way you say things the way you say them? Why do you talk to people the way you talk to people? Why do you treat people a certain way? That's why I'm talking about the golden rule. Because in order to treat people the way that they want to be treated, you first have to take a deep dive into yourself. And that is what I did a lot of during this pandemic. And I'm still doing it. Even though things are opening back up, I'm still doing it. But oh, during the lockdowns? Oh, yeah. During the lockdowns when we couldn't go anywhere? I did a lot of that. And here's what I discovered. Growing up in church has shaped a lot of who I am. And Engaging Culture for Jesus has done the same. Now, it doesn't work all the time as evidenced by what I've gone through recently, doesn't work all the time. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to let your life be the example that leads people to Christ. It's not going to work all the time. Some people will not accept you for who you are. But a majority will. It's not always family that you take cues from, that you learn from, that you gravitate towards. It's not always family that influences you. I'm a lot like my family members. My aunts, my adopted family have also influenced me. But that still doesn't take away from the truth Of growing up in the church. For example, one of the things I learned about myself 
over the, the time period that I've spent to reflect, which is coming up on about four months. Actually, it is four months, but still. I have taken on a lot from pastors. I truly value the work that pastors do and the influence that they have over the flock God has given them. So each place that I visit, I need to be sure that I connect with the lead pastor shepherding me. If that's not there, and I don't have a connection with the people, I'm gone. That's how I handle every single church move so far. And that's how I will handle it up until the point where I get married. But I don't see myself switching churches again until I get married. And when that time comes, then I'll have my wife to consider and my children to consider because switching churches will no longer just be something that I do for me. It'll be something that I'll have to consider my wife and my kids. And I'll have to think about them. But until that time comes, this is how it's been. Thank God that I've sat under four pastors in just 25 years. My first pastor showed me how to be humble. He's one of the most humble pastors I've ever met. My second pastor showed me how to be authentic, vulnerable, and real. And he even influenced the way I communicate with people. Run my brand. Speak publicly because his business mind is impeccable. I love my man's Pastor Steve. I love him. There's a lot that I learned from him. There's a lot of him that shaped my personality and continues to shape my personality today. And then you have my current pastors, the heads of Garment of Praise Ministries. They are currently teaching me how to live for God. Prayer, Bible reading, worship, and Bible study are the biggest things they've taught me so far, alongside relationships. Their number one topic You know, I haven't been a part of a single church that dives as deep into relationships as my church does at Garment of Praise. Yay! Their number one topic. And what do you know? It's the number one topic of Life Tips podcast that almost all of you seem to enjoy. I say all that to say that my personality is composed of so many people. There's great traits I've taken away and there's not so great traits I've taken away. I can be condescending at times. I'll admit that. It's true. I can be demeaning at times. I'll admit that. It's true. And I will also admit that my communication style is sometimes difficult. The truth about why that is comes down to what you are listening to now. Life Tips Podcast. 
I have to communicate a certain way on the show when I'm recording. Now, it would seem that I've taken that into the real world. That's a good thing, but it's also not a good thing. So moving forward, I'll have to be very careful of separating podcast me from the normal everyday me. So, as we wrap this up, I also want to wrap up my story. Again, I have to be very careful separating podcast me from the normal everyday me. I have an entire bad side to me that you never want to encounter. And it's bad. If you take me past my breaking point, ooh, oh boy. That breaking point is the time where I can clearly see you don't respect me. And I've done everything I can to give you grace, to work things out with you. But you still will not take my word for it. Do I show that side of me, you ask? Rarely. At least once or twice a year at best, from January to December. For the most part, I'm a great guy. Ask any of my best friends, and they will tell you. Yes, it's true, I've treated people like crap. Along the way. Guess what? I will continue to treat people like crap. Why? Because I'm human. I don't intentionally treat people like crap. It just happens. And that goes back to the sinful nature that we all have. Ever since Adam and Eve were on earth and they messed up, it's been crazy ever since. Because of them, that's why we die physically. Now, I'm sure that they are in heaven with God right now. But the truth is the truth. Sin entered the world because in the garden, Eve listened to the the serpent, ate the apple, gave it to Adam, he ate, they both sinned, they both ate the apple that they weren't supposed to eat, or uh, they ate from the fruit of the, they ate the fruit of the tree that they were not supposed to eat from. It wasn't an apple, I'm sorry, but the, uh, the image of an apple is in my head right now, but they ate from the tree that they were not supposed to eat from. 
And that is when things changed. And it's been that way for the last however many years since they walked on the earth with God. So that's why I say that I'm going to continue treating people like crap because I'm human. I am always going to have issue with people. I'm not going to treat everyone right all the time. Because until I die and see heaven, I will never be perfect. Not down here. The only time I'll be perfect without sin is when I see Jesus in the afterlife. Until that day, I will continue to be human. But that does not mean I am an intentionally terrible person. That is far from the truth. I treat people the way they want to be treated. Men and women alike. Now, it is different between men and women. Like I said earlier, we men, we buck and we fight. And the one thing we care about as men is respect. We want respect. We need respect. We deserve respect. And if you don't respect us, then we will choose whether or not to associate with you. If you disrespect us, then we have a problem. Now, men to men, we typically will go off at each other when it comes to the respect factor. Is that a good thing? No. But as a man of humility and a man of wisdom, I've learned over the years to handle difficulties with men a little bit differently than I used to. Because see, being rude and blowing up and going off. That's one thing, but when you stand your ground and speak firmly, that's a whole nother level of power that you've attained. And it changes everything. Now, women... It's a little bit different. Now, in culture, in culture today, when it comes to men and women, we see things like, unfortunately, what happened to Meg. If you don't know, a couple weeks ago, Meg the Stallion was shot. We all know Tory Lanez did it. Regardless of whether or not, you know, they argued or, you know, 
words were exchanged, whatever, I wasn't there. The point is, Tory Lanez shot Meg Thee Stallion in both of her feet. And that is unfortunate. It's horrible for her, but it's unfortunate because as I break open my point of how men treat women in today's world, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. There is no sensible reason ever that you should shoot a woman. Ever. Okay? Ever. So, I'm 100% on Meg's side, by the way. Toy was wrong. 100% wrong. Never shoot a woman. Ever. That's... That's, uh, that's not all. We, um... We don't really know how to properly handle negative situations with women. We really don't. I know this because, again, when I was 18, Liberty, Taylor, (laughs) oh yeah, I exchanged words and cussed her back out and all that jazz. I did that, but it was dumb and stupid and wrong. Now, I don't do that. Now, I just sit back and, and listen and handle things firmly. When it comes to women, at least. And um, that's pretty much what I wanted to say there. I treat people the way they want to be treated. Men and women alike. I'm mostly cool and cordial with dudes. Mostly. Do I have my moments? Yes, I do. Whenever something goes down in my life that is stressful and someone else comments on it, not knowing the truth, depending upon if it's a guy or a girl, I'll handle it. And when I handle it, I handle it. If it's a girl, got to be a little bit careful. But there's that. But even in even in positive situations, when there's no negativity, I'm regularly chill with dudes. I mean, how else was I going to have, you know, brothers adopted in blood? How else was I going to have them if I wasn't cool with them? I wouldn't have brothers. And I wouldn't be cool with my brother-in-law if I just treated dudes any old type of way. And then as for women, if I didn't have an amazing, unique way with women, 
I'd be totally alone right now. I wouldn't have any best friends. I wouldn't have any friends in general. I treat people the way they want to be treated. It's because of this that I have the people that I have in my life. I respect people who respect me. And I don't believe in cutting people off for no good reason. I will only cut someone off if I'm forced to. Only when the relationship is beyond repair. That's it. Other than that, I will do the best I can to make peace. So, do you practice the golden rule? I do. I treat people how they want to be treated. Treat me well, you'll get that from me. Treat me terribly, I'll give you grace and I'll tolerate you. Take me to my breaking point, you'll get warned. Cross the line, you'll be handled. At the end of the day, I am who I am. And I can say that not just because I've chosen to treat people the way I treat people, because it's true. Again, going back to the beginning, you remember me telling you this. I was homeschooled. So I had to develop things on my own, and that includes being a people person, having people skills, and how I treat people, and how I am who I am. I had parents. They taught me well. Extended family, same thing. My mentor, pastors, etc., etc. I had people that spoke into my life, for sure. But that's the biggest thing I remember from being 18. The biggest thing I remember from being 18 is that I had to completely form things on my own. And it worked. The second reason I can say I am who I am is because of grace and mercy. In Ecclesiastes, there's a scripture verse that talks about how God removes our sins from the east to the west and doesn't remember them, which means he always sees us as spotless. Even after we repent and ask for forgiveness from him and from other people. Ladies, fellas, if God can be that way with us, shouldn't we be that way with people? The answer is yes. We need to treat people a 
unconditionally, excuse me, we need to treat people the way God treats us. Unconditionally. Is that hard to do? Yes, it's very hard. And you can still love someone unconditionally, even if you have to cut them off. God doesn't cut us off. That's because of his grace and mercy. But he also causes us to use wisdom, calls us to use wisdom. And a part of wisdom is watching over your circle and who you are connected to. That's why I advocate for cutting people off. Because if you don't, you're not being wise with who you allow to get close to you. But yes, God doesn't cut people off yet. There's coming a time that he will. His grace is running out. And when it does, it's over. The time to repent is now. Because once the church goes up and the graves are empty, boom, that's it. Revelation is here. Y'all not going to like it. Trust me. But yes, if God for right now can be that way, where he removes our sins from the east to the west and doesn't remember them anymore, if God can be a loving God and a faithful God and a God of second chances, shouldn't we be that way with people? Yes, we should. Yes, we can. And I guarantee you that if you treat people the way God treats you, as evidenced in his word, and walk in wisdom, then you will always be spoken highly of wherever you go. The golden rule, people, the golden rule. Treat people the way they want to be treated. Oftentimes, the way people want to be treated is evidenced by how they treat you. And so, with that, I am done. Continue to uh, listen in to episodes of Life Tips Podcast on Google, Spotify, Apple. Uh, continue to leave ratings and reviews on Apple as that helps out tremendously. Thank you to all who are listening in. And um, yeah www.anchor.fm backslash life tips for the rest. I'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace.